virtue is sufficient for happiness. So-called goods should be regarded with indifference, and world is ordered by God. Happiness and freedom begin with a clear understanding of one principle. Some things are within your control, and some things are not. If you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimate of it, and this you have the power to revoke at any moment. Yes, you can, if you do everything as if it was the last thing you were doing in your life, to stop being aimless, stop letting your emotions override what your mind tells you, stop being hypocritical, self-centered, and irritable. Now, these are stoic quotes, and I'm sure without a doubt, stoicism has helped many people who are struggling with reality. The principle of not getting overexcited or over-depressed or reacting overly in any way and taking life for what it is are great principles. The problem is, if you want to really go deeper into the depths of reality and not just be left standing on the shores in the shallow water, a new approach is necessary. All those principles are great, and compared to the usual overlay of the mind from society's programming, living by a set of principles like that are going to equal more structure and more satisfaction in your life without a doubt. And I don't want this to turn to a critique of stoicism, I'm just going to keep it more rooted in the mind, but the two aren't actually separate, so I will use it as an example. Like the quote from Stoicism above, certain Eastern cultures also believe that the world is ordered by God. The difference is, because of their experience in cultivation and understanding the mind, they understood that before you can think about controlling your reality through taking control of your mind, the first thing you have to do is actually transcend it. I mean, think about it. If you can't get a clear view of what the mind is, a bird's eye perspective of how it operates, how can you expect to control your life through trying to control an entity which you are unfamiliar of what its operating procedures and coding is? So the first step is to transcend it. And through examining nature and seeing everything is inherently organized with a set of similar principles, These cultures realize that the human body also is not separate and operates on the same principles. When these principles are in harmony inside your body, it equals peace, health and happiness. And when they're out of balance, it equals disease and sickness, both physically and mentally. So in the first levels, which 99.99999% of the people of the planet are on, probably almost every single person we met in life, and even then, instead of trying to control reality through the mind, health and peace of mind in these Asian cultures was reached through living in accordance with the principles of nature. Now, I don't want to get too much into the coding of how these systems work and its mechanisms. I'll do that another time, but there is one important thing which is relevant here. In Eastern medicine, your liver is responsible for regulating a smooth flow of chi throughout your body. If your liver is healthy, you're going to feel smooth and calm, more likely to be able to get into flow states. But if it's unhealthy, you're going to become rigid, irritated and angry. Also in this same system, if your liver is unhealthy, it will not be able to properly nourish your heart. And the heart organ is responsible for joy and for storing your life force, literally for who you are, your Shen. 
There's a reason when you look at a lot of Stoics, they look bored and dissatisfied with reality. There's almost like, for some of them, there's no place at all for fun, for joy of the spirit. Living through a system built upon the mind will always cause stagnation and it will always rigify the mind. It will stop the natural coding inside your body from running without glitches. The fact is, fear is okay, life being as tough is okay, and it may make it momentarily easier for the mind to attach itself to a system which can help it block off facets of reality, but in the long run, in the end, it will only cause much more pain. There's many similarities between a system like Stoicism and systems from the East, most notably acknowledging life's difficulties and living a life of discipline, but there's a stark difference between what fundamental source code or inspiration is pushing someone to live that path. I have nothing against Stoics, there's an infinite amount of paths to choose from and experience, it's all good learning. And you can learn so much from their wisdom. You can learn so much from every single person you meet. The thing is, most of the Stoics I listen to or meet are rigid and stale. And that's a stark comparison to the masters you meet in the East, where outside of practice time, they're like little kids and absolutely some of the funniest people you'll ever meet. So, relevant to today's world, the way the world is going, it seems like there's going to be two classes of people. The healthy, and thus the ones who choose to govern their own bodies and decisions, and the unhealthy, who want to outsource their thinking and body to the government and other institutions. But there's probably going to be another division. And arguably, although they may not be unrelated, perhaps it's an even more important division. Those who choose to only believe in the mind and conversely things like free will being an illusion and philosophies being the answer and also those who choose to experience the domain outside of the mind and those who seek freedom through an unrestricted framework for true liberation. There's a story in the East where a bunch of blind men are all feeling a different part of an elephant. One of the blind men feels the tusk, so he describes the elephant as being like a spear. The other one feels the side of the elephant, so he describes the elephant being like a wall. The other one feels the leg, so he describes it being like a tree trunk. The other one feels the tail, so he describes the elephant being a rope. The other one feels the ears. So he describes it as being like a giant fan. All these different blind people are feeling the same thing, but they all have their own interpretations for what they think they're experiencing. And that's a good analogy for all the reality, for all different philosophies, for all different religions. They're all putting their own spin on it, but actually it's just one piece of this whole giant pie. So why is that happening? The mind, well, even more so the intellect, can only capture a very small snapshot of reality. It can only carve out a very tiny piece without looking at the whole, and ultimately creates a very limiting existence. But without going too much into that, 
what's outside it is unfathomable and it truly is the other side of the simulation. But no matter how much suggestive evidence you hear about the existence of a possible reality behind this one, ultimately, the only way you can get there is to trust your intuition, your heart, your own inner guidance, and take a leap towards the unknown to explore it. This is something the scientific method in its modern Western framework will not allow you to do, not yet, because it's still thinking very superficially and it's still very much in its infancy. Now, you may be thinking, well, what's the alternative? What's outside the mind, the intellect? I have no idea. Am I supposed to just trust religion? Quite the opposite. Eventually, everyone gets to a point where the logic the mind is speaking needs to be abandoned. It's running software based on corrupted programming, and the only way to truly see logic and to truly be rational is to let go into the irrational and go into the unknown to explore. If you're lucky enough to be in a place where, you know, you're not going to get persecuted or killed because of your ideas, the only thing that can happen through exploring new ideas and new methods of perceiving reality is you might get caught in dogma. Maybe someone in your family or someone you know judges you. But are those things really so bad? That would be my question to you. I mean, (laughs) you might be thinking, hey, fuck you, I like thinking. Fair enough. All I'm really doing is dangling a carrot because the only way to reach a significantly higher level of reality is to stop existing in the known and the comfort zone of what the mind think it knows and go into the unknown, something which it doesn't know. Fear, fear, fear. I mean, that's what it comes down to. When you see the mind truly for what it is, even once, you can see how sneaky the mind is and what its game is. And if you want real progress, you need to focus your energy towards understanding the games that the mind plays. But if you just think about doing this, you remain trapped. What you need to do is explore outside of the mind and into the unknown. That's where this path begins. The reality is until then, you're a victim of the mind and fear is keeping you in your intellectual circle. And the smarter you get, the more the mind will feast on your energy and the more the mind will cast a spell on your reality. That's how it works. In the East, there's not so much a big premise on overlaying a a conceptual structure on your reality. It's more about breaking it all down, ripping down all your ideas and concepts. Because if you want to move closer to the truth, to breaking free from the simulation, you need to let it go. And the fact that right now, Your mind doesn't want to let go of its ideas. That right now your mind is telling you all these different reasons why you shouldn't explore something different, why you shouldn't list to some random dude on the internet saying you can't trust your mind. That should tell you all you need to know about its prejudices and its control over the psyche and should tell you some of its base intentions. I mean, to go into your thinking a little further, the mind took you a long way, right? Letting go of the intellectual paradigm could mean you lose control over your life. Could mean you stop functioning so well. Everything is a 
great about you, you could lose, right? It might disappear. Look how far the mind has taken you. Look how far material science has taken us. We've come such a long way. Look how far it's taken society. Look at all the advancements in technology that have revolutionized the planet and has made our life easier. But just as our current scientific program has blinders on to anything which falls outside the brain-generated view of reality and which has caused us to disconnect from our spirit and maintain our toddler-like levels of maturity, we are toddlers. So too has your mind, your intellect, left you living in a place which has severely restricted your ability to perceive reality. It has robbed you of experiencing emotions, living with the flow, and from accessing states which go beyond mystical. I think it's always a good question to ask yourself, that is. Do you really not want to let go because you think that by letting go of your constant thinking, you will not be able to communicate effectively in your life? That you won't be able to provide for the people in your life? Or is it something else? Is it because it's easier to think all the time? Is it because you fear losing power? So I'll leave it with that. Do you want to play around with a new idea, new ideas, new methods of processing reality, what other people think, what other people do to get out of this simulation and go to base reality? Are you committed enough to explore these different ideas and not care about how your ego is holding itself in reference to other people and other ideas? Are you willing to see that maybe it's all just a part of the same thing and one of the first steps is realizing that to come out of your specific subset of reality? There is, in fact, a gatekeeper to the simulation. There is a way out. The gatekeeper is you. It's your mind. And the way out is to go beyond it. Thanks for listening. I'm learning a lot by sharing these topics with you. I really appreciate you listening. And I will see you next time.